Buenos dias, senoras y señores. Happy Thursday to all. Welcome on and everyone to today's uni match preview. Hold, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, man. Mm, and the Colombian soccer coffee. Guys, the coffee this morning tastes just a little bit better as I'm sipping on that Colombian coffee. Guys, wake the F up. It is union match day. It is union playoff match day, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for us to continue on our revenge tour. I don't need to remind you what happened last year. And this is our first opportunity. As we have FC Cincinnati coming into Subaru Park, we all know what happened through. Throughout the regular season, they took four points from you. It is time to lay the first statement. Because this team is for real. But how for real are you? Because what you did in the regular season really does not matter what happened now. The way Jim put it is perfectly. It's a new season. You win or you go home. So you're going to show up here today or not? Because if not, we're going to have a long offseason. And by the way, the way Philly sports look like right now, they about to forget about you as well. So I'm pumped up, and I'm hoping that you guys are pumped up as well. And I want to formally welcome everybody to today's playoff edition of Union Match Preview. Of course, I'm your boy, El Parcero Philly, the uniter of all things sports and culture here in the beautiful city of Philadelphia. I want to formally welcome YouTube, Twitter. Um, of course, we have, uh, we have Facebook, and of course, we have DSM Media in here as well. I want to formally welcome everybody here. Uh, right now, we do have the comment section. I do understand it's a little bit early here for some of us, but guys, with the with the schedule, with the way Philly sports have been working, we had to get the preview in here in this morning. We did have Duke by the River last night, so shouts to everyone who did tune on in. It was a great episode with my boy Justin. We're going to talk to about some similar things here today if you did miss last night's episode, uh, but I want to thank everyone and welcome on in. Uh, comment sections are open, so keep dropping your comments, questions, and concerns. Uh, we will have some people coming in if you guys are interested. I'll drop that link in the comment section if you guys are up in Adams early this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Come on in and, and let's talk some union soccer. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your predictions. Maybe what we're about to talk about you have an opinion on as well. So definitely come on in and lay us your opinions here. Right now, I am putting in the link to the new TikTok account, guys. Do me a solid uh, hit that copy and paste that bad boy and go ahead and follow the new TikTok account. We are uploading some new content. Of course, we're going to have our jam-packed uh, content here tonight as we will be live from Subaru Park at around, let's say, like 6, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you guys are following. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, today's Unimatch preview is sponsored by La Terrain Watches. If you folks are in the market for a brand-new watch, consider checking out La Terrain Watches. High-quality watches at a bargain price. Right now, when you head on over to Lottery Watches and you go to the checkout page, you're making your purchase on that brand new watch that you're about to style and swag out with. Uh, make sure you guys use my promo code. If you use my promo code at the checkout page, Barcero Philly, you will receive 10% off of your purchase of a Lottery watch. So, ladies and gentlemen, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Lottery and make sure you guys get yourself that discount. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's start off here. I want to start off by talking about um, it's obviously award season. Obviously, we've had ourselves um, some awards being announced here. Uh, yesterday, we had the Defensive Player of the Year Award and the Goalkeeper of the Year Award announced. And as no surprise, we're going to start off here with the Goalkeeper of the Year Award uh, as Andre Frickin Blake, the permanent marker himself. He gets a nom he gets uh, awarded the goalkeeper of the year award yet again. 
Uh, and this year, guys, it was really no competition. Andre Blake essentially ran away with this award this year. I uh, had Drake Callender, and of course, you had uh, Petrovich from over in, in New England. Uh, both also were nominees, but Andre absolutely took ran away with it. And this comes in no surprise. Andre Blake in his career has been one of the best goalkeepers in this league. And when it's all said and done, I think he will be the best goalkeeper to ever suit up in the MLS. And this year, yes. Does he have a great back line in front of him? Of course. He still has had to make big, big, uh, big games, a big save, I should say. And, of course, he's a big reason why the Union are in where they're at. There's countless of matches where the Union get a point or the Union keep their three points because of, you know, what, what Andre Blake is able to do between the pipes. If you guys remember that Nashville save, like those, those are the type of things that make Andre Blake what Andre Blake is. But I also do think it does show the parity throughout the league, or I should say the lack of parity, because I do think that you know ever since matt turner has left there it has been a big gap between andre blake and the second best goalkeeper i do like st Clair over minnesota obviously joe will is still pretty solid although nashville kind of had a roller coaster season and there still are some good goalkeepers and and hey there's still pedro gaese who did have a step back this year i know i i've talked my fair share of crap on pedro gaese but listen he's still a solid goalkeeper and for andre blake it just shows that he's just in a different level and everyone else in this league just has to catch up. But congratulations, Andre Blake, well-deserving. And I just feel for the dude. The dude's had so many personal accolades, but when it comes on a team aspect, uh, he needs more. And I, I'm more so looking at his international play, which obviously we can't really control that because it's a different story. But what we can control is giving Andre Blake an MLS Cup, and that starts here today. And then, of course, it also starts with uh, the player who won the Defensive Player of the Year award as Jakob Glezis was awarded the Defensive Player of the Year. Um, this was a little bit closer, but still there was a pretty big gap between first and second of this award. And in second place, Kai Wagner finishes there. And then, of course, in third place, uh, you, ha <laughs> you had uh, Alexander Collins uh, finishing in third place. I really, you know what, I really did find it interesting that they did put him in there, considering the fact that, you know, he's part of one of the, the worst uh, defenders. Uh, I'm sorry, one of the worst defenses in the MLS. Um, but I, I really wanted to, I, I saw this tweet by our, our friend, dear friend, Matt Ralph, who runs uh, Brotherly Game. If you guys do not follow, do not know about Brotherly Game, make sure you guys check them out. They are one of the best in covering the Philadelphia Union. Uh, this is a great tweet, and it's really got me thinking early this morning. As good as Glezes and Elliott have been this year, Wagner not getting Defender of the Year more, uh, year award more or less confirms that it is really a center back of the year award. And that is very, very telling. And I think that part of what he's trying to say there is obviously the center backs are constantly winning. But bigger picture, when you think about the evolution of the sport, Fullbacks not weren't always running up and down the, the flanks and creating that with the attack, especially in the final. That's not something that they've always done. You know, fullbacks were always, you know, the, the, the third and fourth defender on that back line. But with the way the game has evolved and with all these players becoming more athletic and have much more pace, you have the ability of putting some of your fast players who are aggressive out on the flanks and can create you that with and also can come back in defense. At the end of the day, Wagner is a really good defensive fullback, but he's a even better attacking fullback as well. And I think that that is what makes him so dangerous. I think that that is why he will be gone this offseason. But with that being said, you're talking about the, defend, the, uh, the Defender of the Year award. 
And when you're thinking about defense this season, you're thinking about the Philadelphia Union back line. It was either going to be Elliot Glezes. The fact that Elliot wasn't even in this award a nominee, I honestly believe that Elliot should have been in there over Wagner, but that's a topic that we already discussed. But at the end of the day, Glezes or Elliot deserved it, and this was this this was rightfully so's uh, Glezes award to lose, I would say. But hey, congratulations to both Wagner and and and, and Collins as well. Uh, but we'll see. You know we'll, what will be the real test come playoff time. Which already we're in, but you know I'm talking about when the when when Glesnes makes his case here tonight, it'll it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. And listen, these playoffs have been a lot of fun, guys. It, it's it again like every single year, you get more viewership for these playoffs. The games get a little bit more exciting. You had you know you had RSL putting Austin on the ropes. You know that was that was an exciting match. You almost had an upset, but you know you got to give kudos to Austin for getting the job done. Um, obviously. You had you had our matchup that or I'm sorry the matchup that we were all watching because it had to do with who we're going to play next. You know you have Cincinnati to literally steal the match in, in in New Jersey in the last 20 minutes of the match. We'll talk a little bit more about that one. Uh, Nashville losing in the first round definitely was a little bit surprising. Uh, you know LA Galaxy are a solid team. It's not just Chicharito. They all stay. They have a really good uh, squad in general. And Greg Vanny. I think a lot of people have forgotten how good of a manager he has. I mean, let's not forget he he managed one of the best teams of all time with those Toronto teams. And now, you know, he's putting his influence in year two. You see what the, the fruits of the labor that Greg Vanny kind of set up there. It's so funny that these MLS, like these American lifers, have been so much more successful than guys like Guillermo Barrios Coloto or uh, Matias Almeida, who had success in the in continents where soccer has been dominant on this side of the planet. Two Argentinian soccer managers, and obviously uh, Matias Almeida has a little bit more seasoning being over in Liga Mekis and being successful at Chivas. And yet you got Greg Vanny, Jim Curtin, Pat Noonan, what we're talking about here today as well. Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena is, you know, I, I hate Bruce, but he's a legend. He kind of is a legend, but... We'll see if the magic continues on here today. And, of course, you had Gonzalo Higuain ending his prolific career in a baseball stadium. It wasn't even the home of any one of these teams. It's because the Yankees are still in the playoffs and NYCFC don't have their quote-unquote home. NYCFC get a home. And, you know, Miami, you guys laid the goose. I really thought Miami would go into uh, City Field and run away with three, with, with, the, with the win, run away with the upset win. But it just did not happen that way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Union versus FC Cincinnati. Now, I will say this. The concern for me is definitely there. It's not as much as some may think. I do understand what happened in the regular season. You know, when you look at the first matchup in Chester, that was a good first half the Union played. And then the second half, FC Cincinnati stole the show. And they walked out of there with a point. You move about like a month later, you travel over to TQL, sold out crowd. They're, you know, they're honoring Harrison Union in his final match in the MLS. And they laid a, a big fat goose egg. You know, there's two matches this season where I'm thinking to myself, like, those were just straight-up goose eggs that they laid. And ironically enough, both of them were away from Subaru Park. And that was FC Cincinnati in the middle of the summer, and that was Charlotte FC uh, uh, two weeks before the end of the season. Those are the two worst losses on the season, in my opinion. 
The Cincinnati one, though, I give kudos to Cincy. In the spurt of a minute, they took over the match. They made the Union look like a team that none of us recognize from what we've seen so far this year. They dismantled our back line. Luciano Costa destroyed El Brujo Martinez. And our front line, that's been so dominant throughout the year, were quiet as can be. Now, you come, you, you, you obviously look, and that was another match where in the second half, FC Cincinnati turned it up. And that's the thing that we need to keep, and that's one of the first keys, right? The Union so far throughout, you know, I want to say the last two, three months of the season have been a completely different team, but especially at home in their fortress. They have dismantled at home. But if you do not play a full 90 minutes, if you do not put the foot on that gas pedal for 90 minutes, this is the club that will make you pay for it. Cincinnati has been really great of starting off the second half on a fast zone. They've scored so many goals within the first 10 minutes of the second half thus far this season. I don't know what it is. Kind of reminds me of the, if you guys remember 2018 for the Union, they were a second half team. So many times they would come out in the second half, whether they were down or whether it was a tied up match, and they would steal the show and they would get the job done and get those three points in the second half. Is it because of the subs? Is it because of Pat Noonan's adjustments? You know, his mentor is Jim Curtin. I don't know what it is, but they come out in second halves and they come guns a blazing. And obviously, when you're talking about Cincinnati, besides the fact of that, what we just talked about with the second halves, and what you, what, what obviously we all know that you know we know the running joke. This is the Cincinnati Union. Chris Albright, Pat Noonan, Sergio Santos, Ray Gaddis, Alvis Powell. You did have Harrisman doing there as well. Is Austin Barrett still in the Cincinnati system? Totally kidding. I doubt he's in the Cincinnati system still. Um, but the list goes on. You see the union influence. You, Cincinnati literally tried to run a 4-4-2 dime in the beginning of the season. <laughs> and they got, they got destroyed by Austin FC. And that's fine because Cincinnati still needs to develop a back line. They need to find their four. Um, that, that's what Noonan, at the end of the day, they do think that Noonan does want to run with a four-man uh, four back line. And I, they just don't have that personnel right now. Right now, it's a three-man back line. Uh, Cameron, uh, obviously, Matt Miazga came in midway through the season. Literally, he got signed the week we played them in Cincinnati. I think he came in the next match for Cincinnati. But uh, obviously, Matt Miazga and then, of course, Jeff Cameron. It's a lot of three back set, and they have their full backs uh, play a little bit more up top. More, you know, they 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 roam a little more. They have a little more freedom in the attack. Um, but the thing is, you know, Barrial, I think on the one side is really talented, and he definitely can create that width. But I, Powell, we know, we listen, we know the right side. It's Alvis Powell or it's Ray Gaddis. Could you guys imagine if they do start Ray Gaddis? I know Ray's like at a, at a different point of his career he's a little bit older and he probably shouldn't have came out of retirement it was more so uh to create the culture within cincinnati and that's probably why they signed him um but could you imagine ray gaddis comes on the pitch this is every union's worst nightmare every union fan's worst nightmare ray gaddis comes on the pitch as a sub or even starts and then scores a goal and then we we can't riot how can we riot at that because at that point you got to believe that all right well what's going on here <laughs> What's happening? Are, are we getting eliminated? But uh, it to me, that's going to be a key factor there. 
But you know, obviously, Cincinnati, the main story is their front line. You know, it's not. It, I wouldn't say it's as good as ours. I think I, I would still take our front line over theirs. But we can't deny the talent and, and how big their big three have been. Luciano close to the ten. Your two forwards, Brenner and Brandon Vasquez, really give credit to Brandon Vasquez. This is a dude who literally came. What was it the expansion draft? Atlanta was like, oh, we got to get rid of a player. And you got all these all these South Americans, Darren Eels, and then Carlos Bocanegra is like, guys, we have an expansion draft. We kind of have to give a player to Cincinnati. And they're like, oh, well, looks down like three pages. Ah, Brandon Vasquez. We were probably not going to do anything with him. Set him to Cincinnati. And what happens? He turns out to be, a, a, we'll see, but probably a future of this country. I, I, I would say so. Especially all my Jesus Ferreira haters would agree with that one, right? Right? Oh, coffee's just slapping today. It's probably playoff day, but it's just slapping differently today. But um, how are we going to slow that down? Now, look, in, in Cincinnati, the big reason why we got destroyed was because of Luciano Costa and being able to run free and do what he likes to do. He's a facilitator he likes to create, whether it be for himself, but more importantly, he prefers to create for others. He's the orchestrator of the attack, if you may say. So to me, the biggest one of the biggest keys of this match has to be shutting him down or slowing him down. And that's going to be on El Brujo Martinez. That's majority the majority of the responsibility is going to be on El Brujo Martinez, who got destroyed in that matchup earlier this year. Now here's the thing. I fully believe in El Brujo Martinez's his skill set, and I do believe he can shut down um on Luciano Costa on, on tonight, especially at home. But more importantly, what I need is El Brujo Martinez to make a statement here tonight. Because at the end of the day, there are folks even within this, in this organization, in this club, who feel that El Brujo Martinez is the best number six in the league. So if that is the case, that's completely fine. You demonstrate that here tonight. You think Diego Chada shies away from a matchup like this on a night like tonight? Hell no. Diego Chara in his prime would have taken that matchup and he would have shut the heck down out of Luciano Costa. That's exactly what you're going to need from a Brujo Martinez tonight. Make a statement. Now, more than likely, you may not have Alejandro Bedoya at least to start off this match. Looks like he's a game-time decision. It's more so looking like he's going to be on the 18 and coming off the bench, which is definitely a blow. You've seen how this team plays without Alejandro Bedoya. He's the vocal leader. And he also helps does does help create a lot, especially when you're talking about creating that connection from the back to the front. He likes to drop in deep, allow Olivier and Baizo to move up. And that's been a really big key for, especially for Olivier and Baizo, who's found some sort of a resurgence throughout this year as he kind of earned his way back. But he's still splitting time with Harriel. But you guys get the picture. And that's a big blow. And more so, it's a big blow defensively. Because when I'm looking at this, if Olivier Baizo does start, which I'm curious to see what Jim decides to do, if Olivier Baizo does start, I do see a little bit of a weakness on that side. Jack McGlynn is a willing defender, but I wouldn't say he's a, a good defender. I would take Ali light years over Jack McGlynn at this at this point in time. And obviously, we do know Olivier Baizo's mishaps defensively. And you have Barreal, who can absolutely run up and down the pitch. He can create that width for them. And I think, yeah, was it the the one in, in Cincinnati? He, he looked really well, too, uh, in throughout the 90 minutes. 
Uh, but besides uh, Barriel, obviously, you're going to have probably Brenner. Um, Ocosta is going to be roaming on that side as well. So you're obviously, again, it, communication. First off, before we talk about anything else, communication is going to be so important. But it's going to be so important to keep an eye out on that left-hand side. That could be a weakness here for for uh, forces. I, and I do believe that they attack more so on that side. And like we talked about, I do believe that Cincinnati is going to start Alvis Powell on the other side because he brings you a little bit more with, with pace and defensively. That's really his niche. And he, he might get you a nice pass here and there. I mean, we saw. I think we saw the best of him last year in his career, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, but uh, it to me, a lot of the attack is going to go on that left-hand side. And so it's going to be on whoever plays the right fullback Obviously, Jack McGlynn to to kind of to kind of man the man that side, and of, of course, I, I, we haven't talked a lot about Leon Flock, but I'm really curious to see what kind of match we get from Leon because Leon has definitely taken another step in his game this year, being able to be a more willing, being more willing in the attack is what I'm trying to say. That's been a big factor of Leon Flock, and that's definitely helped this attack as well. And then, of course, you know, you you got our front line, guys like Karansanua. It's been it's been kind of quiet as of late. But of course, we all saw that, you know, we talked about the awards today. We talked about the nominees. And of course, you know, Daniel Gazdag gets snubbed for, for even being nominated for MVP. And so you heard Daniel Gazdag's comments. He wants to prove the voters wrong. It is it is ridiculous. The fact that he did not get a, a, a nod for MVP. He wasn't even in the conversation. 22 goals, 10 assists doesn't even get in the conversation. But regardless, just like what we talked about with the Sixers over the last two years, I don't care about winning the MVP of the league. I want to win the end. I want Gazdak, just like Joel Embiid, to win the MVP of the championship. In this case, it's the MLS Cup. If Gazdak truly believes he got snubbed, go out and show it. Go dominate FC Cincinnati. Set the tone. And I really do believe that Gazdag's going to have a ridiculous playoffs. Now, when it comes to the forwards, I'm really intrigued because Carranza's had a fantastic season. That's another guy that got snubbed as well. Like, how is he not in the converse? How is he not the final nominees for comeback player of the year? This dude literally got thrown to the side in Miami. And then again, it's like it's like what happened in Miami. Gonzalo Higuain gets put in this conversation over, over, over Carranza. How does that happen? Have you, did you, like, did these people not watch the league? Like, did you not see what Carranza did this year? Dude was phenomenal. Much, I, I'm taking Carranza over Iguain still over this year. Forget the future. Right now, you're taking Carranza over Iguain. But one thing I were, really am intrigued by is Mikhail Ua. And for the fact that Michael Ua this year has not been the, the dominating, you know, goal running up guy that we thought he would be. That's not a bad thing either. Don't take that in the wrong way because Michael Ua still has been a huge part of our attack. His off the ball stuff is, is not talked about enough. And that's, that's a big reason why we've scored a lot of goals. And obviously you have seen his technical ability. He can obviously score a goal in one V one. He's very dangerous as well, but I'm curious, like playoffs are kind of built for players like Michael Ua. Like if you watched him in the Danish leagues, there's a reason why, you know, at Bronby, Michael Ua was part of the golden era of Bronby uh, soccer because of him. He destroyed the league over the last two years. 
let's see what you got here in the playoffs. You know, for a lot of European players, this whole playoff thing is, is a little a little weird. But if you can get, if you can understand what it takes to play in it, and listen, Jimmy Boy is, you know, believe it or not, is pretty successful in playoff like situations, win or go home type situations. So be, I'm curious to see what he can do as well. But I, I, I do think that philosophy wise, I do want to see the union play with some possession to start off. The, and, and honestly, over the last, you know, half of the season, their possession has gone up more. You've seen a, a couple more. You've seen more matches where the possessions have been a little bit more even than early on in the year, where it was like 60, 30, 30 union, 60, the opponent. Right. It's more like now, like, um, you know, 47, 44, like something like that. Right. But I want to see the union flex their muscles and put Cincinnati away early. Get some possession, show what you can do with the ball, get that early goal, and keep Cincinnati on toes. And also, with that being said, with the possession, that also keeps the ball away from their lethal attack, and that also alleviates pressure off of Bruno Martinez of shutting down Acosta, alleviates pressure off Elliot and Glasses who have to babysit Vasquez and Brenner. But obviously, also, their subs, too, are dangerous. I mean, Sergio Santos is still on the bench. And listen, we know very well what Sergio can do coming off the bench. For 30 minutes, fresh legs. Now, obviously, we know this back line can run for 90 minutes. But that is still very dangerous. I mean, you saw what Sergio did last week. You know, last week, I want to say this about Cincinnati. They are a good team. I do think they got a little lucky last week because I think that the Red Bull handed them the win. I think Dylan Dylan Nealis should or I think the whole city of Cincinnati should be thanking Dylan Nealis. Because those two goals, that's on Dylan. <laughs> the turnover where Seth Gill was able to to uh to go down there to get the get the turnover and get the counterattack going, a great pass to Vasquez and then the penalty. I think the penalty was the first goal. But that was just it was just terrible. That was absolutely terrible. But kudos to Cincinnati, you know, because that's their first playoff experience. And obviously, the Red Bull have been in the playoffs for like what's like the, the, the entirety of the league. Uh, but that, that you got to give kudos to Cincinnati. But I still do think that the Red Bull did hand them that victory. As far as the lineup goes, I, again, I think Blake, obviously Blake and goal, obviously Wagner, uh, Elliot Glesnes. I do think that in this one, I think Jim will go with Mbizo. I would want to see him Harriel in this one. But I do believe that Jim will run with Mbizo. He wants to get that attack going, especially like we talked about. I think that Jim wants to start off fast, and I think that Mbizo does help you with that because of what he helps create from out wide. Now, in the midfield, uh, again, no Alejandro Bedoya. So uh, Leon Flock at the left, El Brujo Martinez at the six, Jack McGlynn at the right, Daniel Gaz tip of the diamond, and then your two forwards will be Michael Ua and, of course, um, uh, Julian Carranza. Now, obviously, off the bench, you you will have Alejandro Bedoya if you need him to come off, which we'll see what happens in the second half. Again, Cincinnati being a good second-half team. You still have Paxson Aronson, Quinn Sullivan, which I do want to say can, um, thoughts and condolences go out to the Sullivan family. Obviously, they lost uh, Quinn lost his grandfather over the week. Uh, I don't know if this is the same grandfather that coached Jim Curtin uh, in college or if you guys have heard that story. Um, but, you know, thoughts and condolences. We'll see how Quinn, uh, if he does get in, if he does play with a heavy heart, kind of like Matt Freeze last year. Uh, but you, you have Paxton Aronson, you have Corey Burke, you have Alejandro Bedoya, you have Quinn Sullivan. You have great options coming off the bench if need be. But I want this team to take control of this. I don't want any scares. I want 30-minute goal. I want to relax a little bit. 
second start of second half. I want to see you keep pouncing, 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 and get that goal. And I do think, however, and we talked about this last night, Duke by the river. I do still think that the Union will get that first half goal. I think Cincinnati being Cincinnati will find a way to get that early second half goal. But I do think the Union being who they are will find the goal around late in the seventieth minute. And then for a, uh, a just a celebratory goal, we'll find a goal in the in the 80th minute, maybe close to injury time. But I think that the Union, with their playoff experience, with the players that they have, and with just not forgetting what happened last, and that's the most important part. Do not forget what happened last year. COVID ruined it for you, and that you can't control that. But now you have an opportunity to rectify what happened last year, and we'll see how the Union take handle it. To win or go home time. I got a 3-1 victory here for the Philadelphia Union. In the comments section, let me know what you guys think will happen here tonight. I will be live from Subaru Park right after the match, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. It's going to do it for today's Union Match Preview. Make sure, ladies and gentlemen, please do me the solid if you enjoyed today's content to hit the like button. Subscribe for more Philly sports. Of course, we are available wherever you stream podcasts as well. We're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Find us under Oyen Philly Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of Unimatch Preview was sponsored by Lots Rain Watches. Make sure you guys check them out and make sure you guys use the promo code Barcero Philly for 10% off of your purchase of a Lots Rain Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by name El Barcero Philly, and I'm telling you guys to do fun. Beat Cincy! Uh-huh.